it's also not mental clarity. Mental clarity is a consequence of meditativeness. Right, right. It's not meditation. Mm-hmm. Um, so understanding you're already doing meditation and people create this complex um, idea of um, they just complicate it. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, I can't do that. So therefore meditation is mm-hmm. not for me. No. Mm-hmm. Meditation is a state of being. It's the only place where people can be conscious mm-hmm. fully, mm-hmm. right? Because now if I'm in a state of meditation, I'm completely here. Mm-hmm. That's it. I'm completely here with my thoughts. Completely here with whatever I'm focusing on, whether it's you, mm-hmm. whether it's my emotion, whether it's my thought process, or whether it's maybe intention setting or my future self, whatever, right? Mm-hmm. So that's the idea with meditation is once I enter that state of being, then mm-hmm. I can start to do different forms of meditation. Welcome to Weighing In on Happy, the only podcast that dives deep into discussions around weight, eating disorders, mental health, body image, intuitive eating, wellness, confidence, and so much more. Each week, you'll be coached through different stories and strategies on how to start living your best life today. So if you're ready, here's your host, Victoria Evans. This episode has been brought to you by my Craving Food Freedom one-on-one coaching program. If you're looking to stop food fear and guilt so you can eat effortlessly and intuitively, then be sure to check out my website, www.victoriaevansofficial.com to apply to work with me. Now, before we dive into this episode, I wanted to say that this podcast is for informational and educational purposes only, and sometimes entertainment. So do not take what is said in this podcast as medical advice. Please seek medical health professionals. Hey, you guys, welcome back to Weighing and on Happy. My name is Victoria Evans, an intuitive eating coach, and I am super excited to have Kieran Headley here with me today. So welcome to the podcast. So you're an anxiety coach and meditation guide, and I'm really excited to dive into this because I've shared before how much I've struggled with anxiety in the past. And, you know, even when it comes to an eating disorder, I always say how an eating disorder, it's not an illness of the body, but an illness of the mind. And it's really a mental illness. And the more we can kind of dig into and understand what is going on and how to overcome it, you know, the easier it is for all of us. So, Mm, yeah. Cool. I love that. Um, Just a question for you. What, What do you define an illness? An illness, I would say, is something that is... Huh, that's a tough one because mm. we use it so generally and yeah. I've never thought about having to dig into it. Mm. So an illness is normally a medical, um, some sort of medical diagnosis almost. Right. So that's, that's why they'll bring in the medical prescriptions for things like anxiety, depression, bipolar, all those, right? Right. Uh, now that's why I actually stick to the terminology of mental health. Mental issue, health. Not mm. mental uh, illness. Right. Rather. So at the end of the day, it's, Yes, there's a chemical imbalance. I'm sure you already know this, yeah, but there's yeah. a chemical imbalance already occurring, but that chemical imbalance is actually, it's got a deeper root than just simply the imbalance itself. Okay. Uh, so it's not just about taking that medication. That's not going to change the neuro- ne- neurology of that person. Right. It's also not going to shift the hormones in a sustainable way, just a momentary sort of lift. Of right. That sense, while right. the body's adjusting. It's like a band Correct. I mean, at the end of the day, if I'm a big bodybuilder and I'm getting on my testosterone, uh, right. as soon as that testosterone comes away, yeah. uh, my body has already, it's natural testosterone has already dropped. Right. Right. So it's the same right. as it's what It's almost like worse then. Yeah, correct. Yeah. So it's the same with an SSRI. It's, a, it's, it's an, an important, NS- an SSRI. So an SSRI. a selective serotonin reuptake inhibitor, like medication yeah. okay, people yeah, take yeah. on like anxiety and depression. Some people might take dopamine, but what happens is over time, um, and this is the issue with it being an illness mm-hmm. is oh it's an illness I mm-hmm. should use, utilize medication to fix it no right. that just puts a band-aid on it right. right so it's an important tool yeah and I utilized it myself um, mm-hmm. I relied on it though and that was the issue right right um, because I thought it was an illness so the, mm-hmm. that's why I come away from that terminology because I think yeah. oh illness sweet take medications so I can heal right no I've got to do a lot more than that right so right. it's an issue that I can solve yeah but I, I need to that. own that so I can't mm-hmm. own that if I think it's an illness, if that makes sense, because otherwise yeah. I just think I need to rest. It's almost like hands off versus kind of like having some responsibility in it. Correct. Correct. And I always mm. think about it too when it comes to like medication and I took medication for a number of years for my anxiety and it did allow me when I started to do this kind of work, I felt like I was kind of so far in the hole that the medication almost like allowed me to get a hand out of the hole Correct. to start doing the work. Yeah. So that's right. what it's for. And so some people are like, oh, I don't want to start medication or I don't want to, 
do this because I don't want to lose my personality, blah, blah, blah. But it's like, but if you're lying in bed all day long or you can't function as a person, mm. then maybe this is like that handout, the hole that you need in order to start doing this work. So I'm not saying like, this is the rest of your life. This is a sentence, you know, you have to. Um, that's why I love your phrasing it as like an ill, like not as an illness because you can, yeah, kind of get to that ground zero where you can start to do this work. Um, but first you need to be in the, in the, the right headspace to even start to try to do the work. Oh, absolutely. And at the yeah. end of the day, medication's a tool. Um, it's a platform. Yes. I call it a platform. I love if that. I'm in the yeah. quicksand, exactly. Um, exactly no matter how much I, mean. I struggle, no matter what I do, I'm going to sink. Exactly. If I'm in that place and I've, I've of course been there, otherwise I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing. Right. Uh, then I can't do anything. I, yeah. I'm not willing to help myself. I'm not willing mm-hmm. to do what I can in order to heal. Mm-hmm. So that medication is like the, um, finding a board or like a wooden board yeah, on the yeah, sand like a springboard kind yeah, of thing. yeah lifting myself up out of the quicksand yeah. so i've got a platform to stand on mm. but i've got to use that platform because after a while that board is also going to sink yeah you see so yeah. otherwise so that's what the medication is about because at the end of the day homeostasis kicks in mm-hmm. and then my natural levels of serotonin and dopamine are going to lower mm-hmm. while mm-hmm. i'm medicating which is why people need to constantly increase right, right? right. so it's about utilizing it properly not relying on it I love that. Oh, that was a great way to start off. Right. Yeah. Okay, cool. So digging into that more. So yeah. who the heck are you and how did you end up in this field? Who the heck am I? <laughs> who the heck are you? <laughs> <laughs> uh, so definitely in terms of how I got in, I'll need to definitely tell a bit about my story and mm-hmm. my motivators, my motivators behind actually focusing on anxiety rather than mental health as a whole. Mm-hmm. Now, Growing up, I, quite frankly, from my perspective anyway, I, was, I felt the shyest kid in class. I mm-hmm. felt like the shyest kid. Um, I'd be sitting there in the back in the corner and developed a slouch trying to hide away from the world mm-hmm. and sort of moping around. Um, it's still, I, had, I had good friends. I had great friends, don't get me mm-hmm. wrong, but I was so shy. And I created this loneliness because I felt so unworthy and I just felt mm-hmm. not good enough. Constantly try to be the nice guy because, mm-hmm. A, that was my identity, but two, that's how I was taught to receive love is mm-hmm. I had to be the nice guy and if I didn't feel uh, like I could do that from a place of joy I'll mm-hmm. do it from a place of sadness anyway so I betray mm-hmm. my own happiness just to seem like the nice guy all the time mm-hmm. and just to show up with a fake smile or mm-hmm. try um, always be the positive guy uh, constantly betraying my own emotion and this just ended up to um, in a place where I was just super self-destructive because mm-hmm. this overwhelming sadness uh, this intense anxiety would consume me mm-hmm. if, literally the best way to describe it is it felt like this black pit within myself and it was just mm-hmm. sucking everything out of me it was as if I'd wake up every morning and I only had one path to walk and that path always led down that black hole mm-hmm. always led down that pitfall mm-hmm. uh, so I, there was no escape that's what I felt um, I no longer the beautiful days uh, were bright they were the dark to me right. it almost felt like a rainy day every day Mm-hmm. Um, so that was the sort of sensation I'd, I'd say it would be a good way to describe it. Uh, this feeling of I'll never be loved properly, I'll never find a girlfriend, I couldn't even talk to girls. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so th- this really bred a lot of uh, self-sabotage as well mm-hmm. because now in that identity of I'm a positive person, I'm a nice guy, right. if I didn't feel capable of showing up that way, then I'd be in a place of... of a lot of self-sabotage. I'd be beating mm-hmm. myself up because I didn't feel like I could show mm-hmm. up positive. I'd be frustrated at myself because I didn't feel nice. Mm-hmm. Uh, all these things. Like an identity crisis. Massive. Yeah. Massive. And, the, and it was just a matter of fact of um, being attached to the identity, actually. Mm-hmm. So because I was attached to the idea of needing love in order to survive. So mm-hmm. because in my mind I needed to show up a certain way, uh, I was attached to those ways. Mm-hmm. So this attachment to my way of being was so strong that it was such yeah such huge internal conflict um just leading to this downward spiral and to the point where uh, my body couldn't take it anymore mm-hmm. um the levels of stress hormone just got too much for my body to handle uh to the point there'll be breakdowns uh, my body would shut down something would need to slow down whatever because naturally the body needs to find a way to survive of course mm-hmm. right survival uh, survival state of um, just going way overly um, sympathetic in the nervous system and right. just to the point where I'd break down, hyperventilate, panic attack, right? Mm-hmm. So I remember very clearly uh, I was living with my girlfriend at the time, the girlfriend I was dating, and I uh, was in the other side of the studio room. She was in the kitchen cooking dinner, 
life seemed great if I look at it now, right? Mm-hmm. And I was at university still and I was uh, sitting on the end of the couch and she was on the other side of the room. And I was curled up in, my, in the fetal position. Mm. And I just started hyperventilating, freaking out, shaking, didn't know what to do, lost, confused. And my girlfriend came over, asked me what was wrong. Uh, I just I don't know, I don't know what to do, I don't know what's going on, I'm so mm. overwhelmed, I'm so stressed. I was freaking out and this darkness kept consuming me. It just didn't mm. seem to go away. Um, it kept coming up. But there would be phases where I'd find the light, but then I'd be like, right. this doesn't feel right. Like, that doesn't feel normal to be happy. This is weird. Um, mm-hmm. And I'd question it. Mm-hmm. And I wouldn't allow myself to be happy yeah. if there was time to be happy. I wouldn't allow myself to even f- feel peaceful as soon as peace, some sort of peace came in for any reason. Mm-hmm. I'd so quickly go back to that sadness or loneliness. Yeah, it's or so anxiety. familiar. Oh, I so remember some times where I'd like have a moment where I'd forget what the unha- what I was stressed about, and then oh, I'd be really? stressed that I'd forgotten what I was like stressed oh, about. Yeah. Where I'm just like, I know I should be feeling a sinking feeling right now. What was it? Oh, that's what it was. Or I'll just like search for something else because I, oh. it was so. It's it's this uncomfortable comfort of sitting in that dark hole like it's what I knew and yeah in those moments where you can kind of reach and go into the sunlight it's so foreign and it's I also I know like happiness is such a practice state like it is such a we have to be able to get into that and like get used to it like a muscle we have to like be able to flex it sometimes because otherwise yeah we just end up in that like sympathetic dominant state and that's all we really know and it's it's a horrible way to live but it's also kind of the only way you feel like you know how to live Mm. oh massively yeah totally um there was definitely yeah many times uh where i'd definitely be overwhelmed by those sensations and Mm. thoughts of will anyone care if i disappeared um would it matter if i if i left this planet Mm -hmm. (laughs) um would it actually matter Mm-hmm. and this would come and go so I started seeing counsellors um, pretty early on in high school and what I would notice as sort of it was quite repetitive is I'd go see a counsellor I'd learn something maybe where it came from maybe the root mm-hmm, of something mm-hmm. or, it was great cool I, I know where it came right. from but it didn't change the way I felt I call this my client's insight versus transformation totally. yeah and that's where that, yeah that's where I later um, found coaching right compared yeah. to counselling was very different um, so yeah counselling I'd still feel good maybe for two or three days mm-hmm. I might take action on something externally right. never internally right. um, so nothing actually shifted it was just I, I helped fix something that was outside of me for mm-hmm. a moment mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden because my internal hadn't shifted at all mm-hmm. I hadn't changed my habits I hadn't changed the way I acted thought felt mm-hmm. I'd recreate that situation somewhere yeah, else exactly. uh, so it didn't actually change much and I just kept running into it's it like whack-a-mole oh literally <laughs> you yeah. just like got this one next one that pops up you're like yeah. why and it's like well you didn't fix the underlying the underlying cause totally it yeah. was like there was a wall here and I was trying to hit my head against it until it cracked and I ended up cracking my own head every time yeah um and this constant feeling of just always falling down that black hole, that pitfall, every single morning, just waking up. Um, it, yeah, just obviously gets, you get sick and tired of it right? after a yeah. while. Um, it's exhausting. Yeah. Like, oh, it's it's so tiring. Totally. I just remember being chronically fatigued, like, and just, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and um, there was, so leading on to how I got into what I'm doing, mm-hmm. uh, one of my good friends, I remember I came home from Australia. I was living in Australia for a couple of years, so mm-hmm. I kind of lost my Kiwi accent <laughs> um, a little bit, so that's probably why. And uh, I had come home for his birthday and all that sort of thing. And um, anyway, um, after I actually fully moved back, I had messaged him wanting to catch up, and he messaged me a few days later. He's like, hey, bro, no, things aren't very good right now. I'm like, okay, bro, let's catch up soon, okay? Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, we sort of left it there for a bit. Um, it was, I think I was going to patch up with him in like a week or two. And mm. I hadn't quite seen him since I've been back. And um, I remember, uh, I remember seeing that message in the car. And then um, yeah, a few days later, I remember sort of um, just finishing up with my last client, and uh, I saw a call from a person that I had, like we we used to work together, all three mm. of us and a few others. And, uh, it just got sinking feeling. I kind of almost yeah. knew what it was already, and I picked up the phone and um, yeah, taken his own life. And man, it was just such a 
uh, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know how to even explain what I felt in that moment yeah. really it's just like I didn't want to tell anyone um, I didn't want to think it was real I yeah. just couldn't I didn't I couldn't fathom it and uh, he'd always said to me um, because he'd always sort of sit there shaking his knee like sort of jittering mm. his knee and I was like hey mate what's wrong and he's like oh it's just my anxiety I'm like, okay, okay right um, yeah, sort of just checking up on him but he'd just say oh it's just my anxiety just mm-hmm. by brushing it off mm-hmm. he'd never say hey mate I'm not feeling good right he'd never say that he'd, um, sometimes would be sitting in his sitting in my car it'd sort of open up a bit then but there was no actual cry for help there was no right. actual hey this is the this is the extent of my issue mm-hmm. and that sort of was a mirror for me because I realised mm-hmm. man even though I may, might have voiced my issue a little bit to my family which is why they helped me get counselling um, mainly because I noticed it more than anything I never um, told them the extent of my problem, mm-hmm. which is why it seemed like they didn't care, which is why it seemed like right. my friends didn't it's care. It's like a self fulfilling prophecy. Totally, because yeah. I didn't actually understand the extent of the issue because I, I never voiced it. Right. I only told them um, what little I was comfortable telling, mm-hmm. and then I expected them to know the actual issue. Yeah. And this is a big problem because yeah. now people, I know I've got so many people that will message me and they'll be like, no one cares. No, because they don't know the extent of the issue. Yes. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. So much yes to what you're saying. Totally. and. It, the way you're phrasing it is just hitting me because like yeah mm. it's so bang on and so many people you know and I'm always talking about you need to support like get a community I don't have a community it's like well it's because no one knows that you're struggling yeah. and people want to connect you they want to help you like I feel and I talked to it before like if you if someone comes to you and say like hey I'm really struggling right now I'm like can we talk like you feel fucking chosen and honored that they trust you with that like as yeah. humans you want to feel that like we're needed totally. and when we can be that to someone else like you're not a burden to them you're giving them the opportunity to connect on a deeper level like mm. you can't like you can't like that's it's a gift it's a gift oh massively and even if the other person were to because i've definitely had experiences like this um were to be like oh honestly i just don't want to um deal with this right now i've got a lot of Right. Um, they, 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 that's, that's, their, that's their thing, right? Um, yeah, absolutely. They might have a massive issue on their hands, um, and that's nothing to do with you. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's really important to understand because I'm, I'm, I've mm-hmm. definitely heard people say, yeah, but when I went to try and talk to this person, they rejected me. Yeah, but that's on them. That's not yeah. on you. Um, the majority of people will be there to support you. Mm-hmm. And that, that just goes to show that maybe the other person is also dealing with a lot of shit that right. you're not aware of. Mm-hmm. Um, but no one walks into the office and be like, and starts to state to the office, hey guys, I'm having a shit day today. Yeah. No one says that. So of course yeah, you're not going to yeah. know that everyone else is struggling. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, how often would you um, go up to someone and, uh, and be like, yeah, my depression's real bad today or my anxiety's mm-hmm. really bad today. And yeah. No one voices that stuff. Absolutely. So of course it doesn't feel normal. Yeah. You know? So mm-hmm. it is quite normal, unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. So, yeah. And um, so that's definitely one big motivator, um, honestly. That's the reason why I delved into anxiety mainly because I struggled with both depression and anxiety. Mm-hmm. Um, anxiety was definitely a more probably predominant um, issue for myself as well. Mm-hmm. Um, now, this also led into uh, looking more into how my a lot of my family struggles. Um, a lot of my family really struggles, heavy meds, um, mm-hmm. uh, my close family and my extended family. There's, definitely mm-hmm. people that struggle a lot um, mm-hmm. that's the thing um, people think it's genetic but it's something to do with more um, epigenetics so epigenetics right. are um, a traits and genetics in the body and the, um, that get triggered right mm. so over time that's why someone might be have a beautiful life and also I'm 50 years old they get very depressed right um, yeah it's still an epige- epigene mm-hmm. um, but the thing is with um, epigenomes it's um, I don't know enough about them so if you guys are interested just look it up um, <laughs> but basically from what I know about epigenome, um, is it's a yeah, it's a triggered thing that occurs over time. Now, just because um, it's a gene doesn't mean it can be shifted. Uh, it can't be shifted because mm-hmm. literally the entire genetic structure of a human being gets shifted all the time. It gets yeah. changed. Mm-hmm. The even even the DNA uh, is every six months or twelve months gets completely renewed. Yeah. So you can completely change your entire ge- uh, genetic structure mm-hmm. um, and renew, it renews constantly. Like the cells itself constantly renewing. Mm-hmm. So it's not something that's fixed. It's something that's yeah. constantly changing. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's all going to be based on what internal work that person does, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, because yeah, I was constantly hitting my head against the wall, and then one evening um, or one morning actually, I was in. Quebec City um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, um, in the freezing cold I was, um, I was inside um, I was living alone at that point mm-hmm. um, 
felt so lonely, constantly feeling like I couldn't get this girl's love. She was my mm-hmm. girlfriend. And I, just, I, I always, I'd tell her everything, but she just wouldn't tell me anything about herself. And mm-hmm. I, was, um, I felt so conflicted within myself of like, um, I knew that I was in a place where I felt like I, I needed her mm-hmm. in order to be happy. But at the same time, um, yeah, so I knew that I needed to do something about my internal self. But at the same time, I didn't want to look at that because right. I was so desperately in need of this person. Mm. So it was like, if I came up to you, of course, I'm not going to whip out a knife, but if I had a knife, <laughs> I'm like, um, sorry, that going to freaking cut your hand off, okay? Yeah. All right. Would you be thinking about the conversation we're having right now? Probably not. Well, of course, right? Yeah. And would you be thinking about um, if you just went through a breakup? Right. Yeah. Right. You wouldn't be thinking about any any issue. No, you, you wouldn't be thinking about any solution either. You'd just be thinking mm-hmm. about the pain in your hand. Right. Um, on your wrist, rather, because you don't have any hand. Yeah. <laughs> That's the problem. Uh, yeah. So, you would you would only be thinking about the pain, and of course that goes on right. in the mind, right? So if I'm going through profound pain, mm-hmm. uh, I can't focus on a solution if that pain's so extreme. Right. All I'm going to be thinking about is that pain, um, mm-hmm. and it's going to be overwhelming. And that's the state that I was in at that point. Uh, so I remember sitting on my couch looking to the corner just thinking two things one was if only I could feel peaceful if only mm-hmm. I could feel normal um, I don't even know what normal feels like anymore right. and sort of what's going on and the second thing was I wouldn't even want my worst enemy to feel this way was, mm-hmm. I'm sure you can relate to that absolutely obviously. yeah so um, and I can understand that's I, I could imagine that's maybe a big reason as to why you've stepped into these shoes, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Amazing. Yeah, and I felt the same. Um, I'm like, wow, what can I do to heal myself or at least get the process going so that mm-hmm. I can start to help others? Because I was mm-hmm. so much more aware at this point about how big the struggle was my mate already yeah. taking his life and all that. And uh, so this combination of the, those three things of um, my friend, um, my, uh, my family, and then also my own struggling Mm -hmm. um that sort of led into this idea of actually delving into anxiety coaching because Mm. i was lucky enough at that point was the point where i came across um she's called on instagram the holistic psychologist nicole Mm. i don't know if you know and um i came across like dr jonas dispenser and all that sort of Mm -hmm. um the the neurology side of things the holistic side of things uh, mindfulness and i'd already been meditating for six years at this point but not it was more surface level. It was like follow the breath, right. um, work on certain visualizations, but it wasn't actually to understand my emotion. Mm-hmm. It wasn't actually to understand um, my the feelings and the energy that was going on within myself. Mm-hmm. It was just simply um, trying to escape the issue. So it was right. like, how can I take my attention away from the issue as much mm-hmm. as possible? Mm-hmm. Right. So that was what my meditation was about before. And then as soon as I came across the understanding around... Uh, if the pain's extreme, it doesn't matter what I try to focus on. Right. The pain's always going to be there. Right. right. If right. I break my arm, I can try and think, it's okay, it's okay, it's okay, right? It doesn't right. hurt. Yeah, <laughs> of course, yeah, it's still yeah. going to hurt. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> The exactly. pain's still there. So I need to do something about the pain first yeah. before I can start to grow and move forward. Right. And that's what I was missing. That was the missing link mm-hmm. of acceptance. And mm-hmm. there was no acceptance. It was just simply, I need to change. I need to be mm-hmm. positive. Right. right. And so that was um, the big issue. Um, so this really shifted and I started to delve deep into uh, more understanding emotion rather than mm-hmm. trying to use um, psychological means in order to try to figure out my emotion because okay. that was a big issue. Right. See a little bit of difference with those two or not really? Can you dive into that okay. a little bit more? Cool. So would you want your intellect to be sharp or blunt? Sharp. Right. Otherwise it's useless, right? It's, right. it's, meant to be, it's, it's a tool that's meant to be sharp. Okay. Right. If it's sharpened, that means I can look at a maths equation, I can dissect the equation to come to the answer. Mm-hmm. Right? If I'm in science class and physics or whatever, I'm going to dissect the issue mm-hmm. to try and figure out maybe a hypothesis. or right. to, um, to I'm going to dissect the observation to get to the test result. Mm-hmm. Right? So that's what the intellect's for. I'm also going to, if I want to utilize psychology, right? I'm going to dissect what the person said in my mind so mm-hmm. i'm going to cut it into pieces to try to figure out the conclusion as to why they might be thinking this way mm-hmm. so that's what the intellect's for it's great mm-hmm. but can you cut an emotion no right so if i'm trying to uh cut something if i've got a shaky hand mm-hmm. i might 
I might cut it, but right. I can't cut something that I can't see that's not physical. Right. I also can't, I'm also more likely to cut myself if I'm mm-hmm. not in a good state. So if I'm trying to utilize my intellect from a poor state, so if mm-hmm. I don't feel good about myself, right. you see, I'm going to cut myself. Right. Because I'm not in a good state. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like if a doctor's got, or if it, like a brain surgeon's got a shaky hand and they're trying to, you know, cut, mm-hmm. cut, cut things open, it's, it's, it's going to hurt. It's going to cause more damage than good. Right. Um, so I'm not only going to cut myself, but I'm going to cause more damage than good outside right. of me. If mm-hmm. I'm in that sort of state trying to utilize my intellect, meaning I'm going to come from a place of jealousy, of judgment, mm-hmm. of um, I don't like that person because of this, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to come from a place of, I shouldn't feel this, I shouldn't feel that, um, I shouldn't be mm-hmm. thinking this, I shouldn't be thinking that, because I'm trying to use my intellect to try to figure mm-hmm. out things within myself. Right. So I'm constantly going to cut myself. So the difference between trying to figure things out using my intelligence, mm-hmm. okay, rather than actually stepping into a state of consciousness right. and simply seeing things as they are, yeah. there's a big difference there. Mm-hmm. Because if I'm coming from a place of intellect, the only thing that I can operate my intellect out of is a place of memory. Mm-hmm. The only things I know, right? I can't mm-hmm. access things I don't know yet right. with my intellect. Right. I can only access things from what I've learned so far. Mm-hmm. So from what I've learned so far, I've always gone from into a state of self-sabotage. So mm-hmm. what use would that be to actually right. be able to change that cycle? Mm-hmm. So I need to find something new. And to find something new, I need to be in a state of consciousness. Mm-hmm. I mean, at the end of the day, if I'm in the shower, and I, I'm, you might know this already, but... Um, if you've stepped into the shower, right, you always start washing yourself in exactly the same place every single time. Have you yes, it's true. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So you always yeah. start in exactly the same place. It's a subconscious sort of mm-hmm. um, cyclical movement, right? It's, um, it's just something that happens and you don't even think about it or the way I might stand up, right? I stand up exactly the same way every time. Some people mm-hmm. might lean more on their left or their right mm-hmm. or lean mm-hmm. forward, right? It's just a, um, it's just a habit. It's a subconscious right. habit that occurs without me even thinking. It's autonomous. Mm-hmm. So if I want to sh- change the way I stand up, if I want to change the way I wash myself, say I want to start washing myself with my left hand instead, mm-hmm. I need to be in a conscious place to do that. Right. I can't be trying to think about um, what happened five minutes ago. I can't be in a place where I'm thinking about mm-hmm. what I'm going to be doing that day. I need mm-hmm. to be here, right. fully here, present. Mm-hmm. Right. So I need to be in a conscious place first. Mm-hmm. And then from a conscious place, I can come to a place of understanding, mm-hmm. not fixing because mm-hmm. my intellect tells me I need to be feeling a different way or thinking a different mm-hmm. way. Mm-hmm. So I end up cutting myself um, with right. the sharp tool, right, um, from a shaky hand. Mm-hmm. So, to create a little bit more clarity around um, around if I want to shift an emotion or shift mm-hmm. what the state of how I am. So, mm-hmm. for example, anxiety, of course, because that's what we're mm-hmm. talking about here. Um, if I'm ang- predominantly anxiety is fear, right? So, mm-hmm. fear of the unknown, yeah. an irrational fear that something's wrong mm-hmm. or going to go wrong. Right. Right. So it's fear and if we were to utilize, what are you afraid of? Like spiders, snakes? What am I afraid yeah, of? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, heights. Heights. Okay, yeah. cool. But like heights, like an open space, like I couldn't go bungee jumping or something, but I'm okay like on a plane. So I don't know. Okay. okay. <laughs> that helps okay. So, you out at all. Okay, no, I get that. Okay, so say we're on top of like the, a skyscraper, right? Yeah, and say like yeah. right here, we're sitting like the chair was like right on the edge, right? right? And it's like um, 200 meters down. Okay? Like already Huge. makes me like right, exactly, right? thinking about okay? that. And we're trying to have like a beautiful conversation. Yeah. Where would your mind be? I would be completely fixated <laughs> on the fact that we're on a ledge. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So that's what anxiety is like. I'm like already kind of like, ah. <laughs> I'm like stressed right yeah, now. Yeah, I'm just like, I'm here to create anxiety. I don't oh take it away. God. I create it for you. <laughs> I will bring you anxiety. Okay. We're fine. It's fine. <laughs> it's not real. Okay. It's not real. We're still here. My brain doesn't know that. Okay. Yeah. So, I'm back. I'm back. Okay, good. Back from the ledge. Okay, yeah, yeah. <laughs> So my point is, is, is fear of heights something that could be conquered? Yes. Yes. So if worked on intentionally, right? Right. It could be conquered. So my point is, is the only way to actually face that fear truly is to be in that situation, isn't it? Right. Yeah. But yeah. in a conscious, intentional means to right. overcome it. So what yeah. I mean by that, I'm, I'm trying to now relate that to an emotion. Mm-hmm. So an, an emotional state, um, an emotional fear of feeling of certain emotion like getting anxious mm-hmm. about my anxiety or right. depressing about my depression right it's this constant cycle uh so now if i wanted to overcome a fear um i'd need to be able to sit with that fear mm-hmm. and because that fear is coming from within myself i can't put myself in a physical space of 
sitting with a spider if I'm scared of spiders. You see people with, right. on YouTube, spiders crawling all over them. It's not going to bite them because it's right. so calm. Right. But the moment I react to the spider, it'll freaking bite me because it thinks it's gonna, I'm going to attack it. Right. right. So that's my point. I'm not trying to react to the emotion. I'm not right. trying to react to the situation. If, I'm, if you're trying to learn mm-hmm. to freaking tightrope walk over a height, mm-hmm. if you're freaking out, you're going to fall. Mm-hmm. Right? So you can't react to the situation, to the right. fear. You need to be in complete calmness. Mm-hmm. So the way to do that is to obviously intentionally and consciously work on that. Mm-hmm. It's the same with the emotion. If I want to work on anxiety, I can't constantly react to anxiety if I want to right. overcome it. Mm-hmm. I need to be able to sit with it completely in complete calmness and learn to accept it. Mm, yeah, so I'm gonna say that's yeah. the question. Then yeah. we're at yeah, exactly. How so the that's heck? how. So it's important first to, that people understand that because yeah. otherwise people are constantly like you shouldn't feel your feelings. Like you know, you, yeah, you no, I'm <laughs> a huge component of yeah. what I teach is like accepting and allowing. And um, I was like, pain times resistance equals suffering, mm. and like that's when it that's when bad things happen is when we're totally. resisting it versus. I literally like giving yourself permission like I give myself permission to feel this emotion or I'm allowing myself to feel this emotion versus it's inconvenient or I don't have time and then mm. you just I think about it like shoving down a beach ball and, it, and the pool yeah. is just gonna come back and hit you right up in the face literally it's like, like that and then it's like why well, do I have so much road rage it's like well because you've spent the last four days suppressing how you're feeling and then all of a sudden you're like wow like, it's totally. just like boiled up over the edge so yeah totally. Hey you guys, I just wanted to quickly hop in here and share some feedback from my past client, Avery. So Avery said, I was struggling heavily with the binge and restrict cycle. My life was inconsistent and I didn't trust myself around food. I'd restrict for most of the day just to have a huge binge later on. Then that meant I needed to compensate, so I'd be paying for it both mentally and physically. After working with Victoria, food no longer has an emotional weight for me. Victoria is truly amazing. She's the most genuine, real, honest, caring, and empathetic person I've ever come into contact with. She taught me that there are positive ways to cope with emotions, and it's important to comfort her and let ourselves feel whatever we're feeling. Victoria is an amazing support system and so attentive. She's the most beneficial source of help I've received, and her unlimited support is beyond helpful. She's honest, open, and tells you what you need to hear in a loving way. She provides the science behind why we do what we do and provides the tools to rebuild those negative patterns. Her coaching is truly incredible, and I'll always be grateful for everything she did for me. So thank you so much, Avery. And now back to the episode. At the end of the day, if um, anyone's ever put Mentos and Coke. And Mentos Coke and Coke. Yeah, yeah, you know, like the... Yeah, yeah, no, the I know what you said. I was like, oh. yeah, sorry. No, it took me a second to catch what you said. Yeah, uh, okay, I'm here. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> Mentos yeah, yeah, and Coke. Yeah, 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 yeah there yeah, you yeah, go. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, yeah, so those mints and Coke. And um, so it's like if you put one of those in a Coke bottle and screw it on, yeah. that's what an emotion's like. Yes, exactly. So if I'm suppressing, because what, what you resist persists, right? Yes. So if I'm holding that Coke bottle, mm-hmm. um, it's going to build up tension, build up tension mm-hmm. to a point either it might explode the cat bottle off. So yeah. all the emotion gets released at once and yeah. it's so sad or so anxious because yeah, all of it's yeah. released at once. Um, or I can just simply start to pour out the bottle, pour right. out the sadness slowly, or pour mm-hmm. out the anxiety slowly, work through it. And then what happens yeah. after a while the Coke bottle's empty. Yeah. And I can start to fill it with orange juice if that's happiness. Yeah. I can start to fill it, fill it with mm-hmm. mountain dew if that's calmness, right? Mm-hmm. I can start to use different, utilize different energy, different emotion, right. different energy in motion, right? Mm-hmm. So that's the idea with coming to the emotion. So what I mean by mm-hmm. how could you possibly change your relationship with the emotion? Mm-hmm. Um, simply looking at it as the same way as you would change your relationship with something that you're scared of in a physical means. So if mm-hmm. I was scared of spiders and there was a spider right here, mm-hmm. right, I would first of all want to enter more of a parasympathetic state, mm-hmm. right? More of a safe space. So it's kind of like myself. an exposure kind of therapy around it to de- like desensitize yourself a little bit and like accept exactly. and allow. But intentionally, because if right. I, I, I could still be with spiders every single day and still be scared of them. Well, that's it. Like exactly. And that's like the state we're living in with an anxiety. It's yeah. just like we're repeating that behavior that is not serving totally. us. Yeah. Totally. Because yeah. I'm avoiding the issue for one, but also I'm yeah. not willing to intentionally um, work with it right rather I'm trying to work against it so it's like mm-hmm. if I was always I mean how like how many people here have seen spiders more than once I'm sure most people mm-hmm. have right mm-hmm. um, but people will oftentimes still scream or still freak right. out because they haven't intentionally worked on overcoming that fear right so it's the same with anxiety so mm-hmm. if I wanted to be in a um, psychological mm-hmm. safe space um, mm-hmm. or like capable place in order mm-hmm. to shift that mm-hmm. I'd need to first enter more of a I'd need to step away from my fight or flight system right I right. need to come, um, try to deactivate that destimulate that in some way mm-hmm. so that requires me being more parasympathetic right mm-hmm. so in order to do that um, there's one of the quickest ways to do that actually mm-hmm. is something that 
um, is actually exhaling longer than you inhale. Yeah. Yeah. And, I was yeah, 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 yeah. I love it. Trigger yeah. your vagus nerve. Yeah, yep. yeah. So vagus nerve, correct. And um, also nasal breathing is a great um, has a great impact on that as well. Mm -hmm. uh, so I like to utilize it's just simply the six, eight, ten breath. Breathe mm -hmm. in for six, hold for eight, exhale for ten. Um, and it's the, if you do that, try doing doing that after a workout once you've got to do breath again. Mm -hmm. And it's the weirdest feeling because your body's wanting to be sympathetic. Right. It's, it's just been like, you know, we're working out, you know, yeah, we're yeah. going heavy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But, and you're just like, no, just chill. It's all good, we're man. fine. We're yeah, fine. yeah, yeah. You don't need to stress right now. And um, so now the body's in a set of conflict and it feels so weird. It almost mm. kind of feels like odd like your right. brain's yeah like what's going on right. but it's cool it's kind of like wow um it's just a cool feeling try it for yourself okay just try that like try that yeah try yeah. that like real long exhale right. of like 10 seconds like you'll feel like yourself like really trying yeah. to force it but um try that i usually just close my eyes after the gym and do about five rounds of that six eight ten breath and mm -hmm. um the first yeah a few times i did it it's like this overwhelming calmness just comes in because it mm -hmm. all floods in at once right i'm simulating that parasympathetic but that's the power right of the mm -hmm. vagus nerve right and right. stimulating that mm -hmm. now if i am more parasympathetic all of a sudden now i'm no longer in a fight or flight state meaning i'm not reactive mm -hmm. therefore i can start to see things a little bit more consciously right. Right. as they are which mm -hmm. means that i'm more capable of sitting with something that i'm scared of okay mm -hmm. anxiety so it's first of all being parasympathetic mm -hmm. once i'm more parasympathetic more in rest and digest less fight mm -hmm. or flight then I'm going to step into the emotion and that's where meditation comes in. Mm -hmm. So meditation is, it doesn't mean I have to sit here, close my eyes, um, with my empty my yeah, mind, yeah, yeah, into my mind. Like, yeah, that's like, the no. meditation. That's the Western world version, right? Yeah. Um, meditation is just a state of being. Mm -hmm. It's not an action. Meditation is a state of being. So, mm -hmm. uh, at the end of the day, meditation and consciousness presence reality. It's all mm -hmm. one. It's all mm -hmm. one thing. Um, reality is that, that I'm sitting here recording this podcast with you yeah. and my only only reality the only thing I do know right. is actually what's happening right here mm -hmm. that's it mm -hmm. I don't know anything else but if my mind's in a state of constantly elsewhere in terms yeah. of place elsewhere in terms of time 10 minutes from now 5 minutes mm -hmm. ago um, whatever right uh, then I'm not actually in a place of complete consciousness and mm -hmm. I'm not capable now of shifting what is here because mm -hmm. I'm not here right. right so it's about being in that state and so parasympathetic, um, learning that state of presence mm -hmm. and then tapping into that emotion. Mm -hmm. So once I can tap into that emotion from a safe place, then mm -hmm. I can start to do something about it. Mm -hmm. right? I mean, it sounds silly, but if I'm not actually at the gym, I can't lift the weight at the gym. Right? Yeah, but that's so, exactly yeah. it. That's yeah. exactly it. Exactly. And so for people who are wanting to get into meditation and i know for myself like i remember someone said to me like oh you should like try out meditation and i literally laughed in their face because the yeah. idea of meditation to me was the funniest thing in the sense of there was no way i could sit down and actually do it like yeah. my i was oh. going a bajillion miles an hour totally. like i wasn't sitting down at my job like i didn't sit down on the couch at night i, mm. I literally the only time my body was like somewhat sitting slash lying down was when I had passed out from exhaustion. Like that was it. Yeah, totally. And so like someone's like meditate. I was like, yeah, fucking right. <laughs> like that's a good one. Yeah, like totally. um and so I know for myself I had to like I started out with things like tactical breathing was like how mm. I entered into it. Um which was like a great way because it was very active for me instead of trying to like empty my mind, which is that old kind of way we think meditation is, mm. it was like thinking about like drawing this box and even watching like the YouTube videos of like the flower expanding to the count of four and hold for the four and exhale for the four, hold for the four. And that was like, a good foothold. But um, for other people, like for people kind of, what would you say is a good first step to get into that meditation, really like allowing and being with that emotion? So the first thing is to understand what meditation is and like I said, yeah. a state of being, but that doesn't really help create clarity for people. So I'm just going to say mm -hmm. this. If you've been sitting here listening to this podcast, that's a form of meditation. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's meditation's a state. It's not right. an action. So it's not mm -hmm. a matter of, again, me closing my eyes and sitting under a tree and chanting all. Right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, and that's what people think it is. Mm -hmm. um, it's also not mental clarity. Mental clarity is a consequence of meditativeness. Right, it's right. not meditation. Mm -hmm. um, so understanding you're already doing meditation and people create this complex um, idea of um, they just complicate it. Mm -hmm. It's like, oh, I can't do that. So therefore meditation is mm -hmm. not for me. No, mm -hmm. meditation is a state of being. It's the only place where people can be conscious mm -hmm. fully, mm -hmm. right? Because now if I'm in a state of meditation, I'm completely here. Mm -hmm. and that's it. I'm completely here with my thoughts. 
completely here with whatever I'm focusing on, whether it's you, mm-hmm. whether it's my emotion, whether it's my thought process, or whether it's maybe intention setting or my future self, whatever, right? Mm-hmm. So that's the idea with meditation is once I enter that state of being, then mm-hmm. I can start to do different forms of meditation. So right. a form of meditation might be silent meditation. A mm-hmm. form of meditation might be vipassana, right? A mm-hmm. form of meditation might be... Um, yeah again um, visualization mm-hmm. a form of meditation might be sim- simply sitting there and watching a boat pass by mm-hmm. so those are different forms of meditation but ultimately mm-hmm. it's a state so there's three things that I always say to people if mm-hmm. they're trying to enter meditation mm-hmm. the first thing is there's no such thing as a perfect meditation because mm-hmm. every single meditation is perfect mm. so that's beautiful yeah. I love that I want to put that on a pillow okay yeah. right. <laughs> on a pillow yeah I know, like, you know like, you get those like Pillows right. that are like have the quotes on it and they're like the right. little like a Pinterest thing. I'm gonna put that on a pillow. I love that. That's great. Yeah, that's like my great. meditation yeah. chair. Oh, that's great. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so the point of that is is at the end of the day, um, every maths problem I solve mm-hmm. is a little bit more towards my intelligence with maths, right? Right. So every tiny little brick I add to the house, mm-hmm. I, I won't see it from afar, I don't see anything. Right. But it's still a brick that's need, that needs to be there. Mm-hmm. So at the end of the day, every time I sit down and close my eyes and at least attempt, even mm-hmm. if I feel more frustrated within myself mm-hmm. because I didn't make progress or even if I mm-hmm. try, um, don't feel any more calm or even if I don't feel like I did anything, mm-hmm. that's still progress. It's right. still a small brick to the house. Mm-hmm. It's still one mass problem you've just solved. Mm-hmm. It, um, even if you don't feel like you've made that progress, yeah. so you don't know you've made progress after solving one problem. Mm-hmm. You know, um, you've mm-hmm. done that problem maybe a hundred times this time, you've done it 101 times. Right. You've still made that tiny bit of progress. Mm-hmm. So it's understanding that that's still perfect. That's meant mm-hmm. to be. Mm-hmm. Whatever's there right now, okay, whether it's overwhelm, whether it's frustration, mm-hmm. um, every time you decide to sit down with that is a little bit of progress. Mm-hmm. So that's very important. So that's, that's the point of the whole perfect side of things. Uh, the second thing is if I've got one eye on the goal, I've only got one eye here to focus on the process. Okay. So if I, if I have a goal or meditation of I need to create clarity, mm-hmm. I need to calm down, I need right. to change this, I need to change that, then I'm not focused on what's actually going on. I'm right, trying to, right. So I'm not actually here. So it's about coming into meditation and understanding it's a state, it's not a result. Right. So a state is completely different from a result. So I feel like a lot of people go into meditation with the intention of like trying to, yeah, like for clarity and for calm and for whatever. But then like you said, you're you're kind of painting over what is actually there. Literally, yeah. Absolutely. I like that. Interesting. Yeah. So So at the end of the day, if I've got one eye on the goal, I've got 50% of my focus on where I need to be. Right. And only 50% on what I'm doing. Right. So I don't have the power to actually So you're not actually conscious. Correct. So I want to be 100% focused on what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. So if that's the case, then I need to focus on the process, not the result. Right. Right. Um, at the mm-hmm. end of the day, they always say, focus on the journey, you know, not the destination. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. That's exactly it's it. It's exactly it. it. Yeah. yeah. Um, so meditativeness is a state. And in order to be fully in a state, I need to be here. Mm-hmm. Therefore, I need to be focused on the journey. Right. Um, this, a state's not a... Uh, destination it's a process mm-hmm. right, within the self so uh, I need to be focused on that mm-hmm. uh, the final thing is is acceptance mm-hmm. not change right. so acceptance meaning um, if I feel like I need to open my eyes mm-hmm. okay open your eyes mm-hmm. because what happens is if I'm psychologically telling myself I have to have my eyes closed when I meditate. Mm. You're not going to want to close your eyes. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. It's like, yeah, it's like, don't think about pink elephants. It's like, oh. all I think about is pink elephants. Literally. It's, yeah. Literally. Yeah, yeah. Totally. So, and if I think that I need to clear my mind, I'm not yeah. going to clear my mind. If I think, whatever I think I mm-hmm. need to do, I'm not going to be able to do. Mm-hmm. Um, because it's a need. Yeah. And on, um, as soon as this is a need, it's a chore. Mm-hmm. It's not something that I've chosen to do. Mm-hmm. So meditation, you want to make it as enjoyable as possible. Mm-hmm. It needs to be something that you want to do, yeah. not I need to do this. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that's really important because, um, so it's about finding what what tool of meditation or what mm-hmm. form of meditation is going to allow me to uh, start to step into that meditativeness. So it's, mm-hmm. it might be for some people downloading Headspace. It might be mm-hmm. for some people getting a coach might be for some people going for a hike might be mm-hmm. for some people sitting down on the beach watching the boats go by and mm-hmm. that for them is meditative mm-hmm. right so what's your form of meditation where you start to access a lot more presence mm-hmm. that for you is the entry it's, mm-hmm. it's going to be different for everyone so mm-hmm. that's why it's important to understand that you've got to find it yourself you can't yeah. listen to and what, try different things yes yeah, definitely try yeah. different things 
And the moment you start to notice, oh, okay, so this allows me to feel a little bit calmer. Mm -hmm. um, this allows me to feel a little bit more present. Mm -hmm. Okay, cool. Start from there or be in that mm -hmm. location, be in that situation. Mm -hmm. uh, maybe even if you have the ability to, maybe start visualizing something that allows you to calm down. For me, it's a waterfall. Mm -hmm. If I just close my eyes and imagine a waterfall, if, if like this mm -hmm. flood of calm floods, like, yeah. uh, floods through me. So if, you, if that's possible, but it might not be. But mm -hmm. if your mind's racing and you can't, think you can't focus it's mm -hmm. fine mm -hmm. but you've got to allow yourself to filter through that first right. before the intentional um focuses can come in mm -hmm. uh, so understand that's just part of the first step it's fine mm -hmm. yeah because the moment it's like i need to stop thinking these thoughts it's right. gonna happen it's <laughs> no way that's gonna happen <laughs> yeah. gonna, yeah. i'm adding a thought to a thought mm -hmm. so i'm just being like okay here's a thought I need to stop thinking the thought. I'm using a thought to try and find a thought. Right. I'm multiplying the thoughts. Right. So I'm actually making more thoughts in my mind. Mm -hmm. So instead of, again, this comes back to the intellect, I'm trying to cut a thought. Yeah. It's not going to work. Yeah. I'm just utilizing the same part of my brain mm -hmm. uh, to try and fight that part of the brain. <laughs> yeah. It's just going to, it's going to, if you look on a brain scan, you'll see it just get right, um, right. Yeah, more colorful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so the idea with that is to, rather than try and fight it, it's about mm -hmm. accepting it. Because if yeah. I accept it, I don't need to change it. If I don't mm -hmm. need to change it, I don't need to add more thoughts to it. Right. And at the moment I finally accept it, I don't need to focus on it. Because mm -hmm. right? mm -hmm. the moment I'm not afraid of something, I don't need to change anything. Um, if, for example, if you're completely fine with heights and you're, you know, yeah. you know, you're, back, you're, you're like, sweet, um, I don't need to worry about heights. We could sit on the edge without you freaking out about it. And mm -hmm. we could focus on what we need to do. Yeah. So it's about coming to that state of complete acceptance by, mm -hmm. um, yeah, by first working on parasympathetic state through breathing is a great tool. There's many mm -hmm. other ways. Um, be, being more conscious by either in, um, entering more of a meditative state. So mm -hmm. that's process for everyone. Um, that's going to be different. And then finally being able to work with sitting with that emotion. So you can mm -hmm. intentionally work on that fear of that emotion mm -hmm. to create a sense of acceptance. Finally, that's going to be a natural state of healing once you fully mm -hmm. accept because mm -hmm. once I've accepted, I've healed. Yeah. Right. So, yeah. Beautiful. Cool. Cool. Hopefully that makes sense. So, I feel like I maybe have an idea how you're going to answer this, but I ask one question to everyone on my podcast, because I name a podcast is Weighing in on Happy. Mm. Um, and so, I'd love to know what you think makes you or makes people happy in general. Yeah. And this is actually the, um, the second thing that came to mind, but I know it's the thing that... Um, that for me is more of the answer. The first thing that came to mind, first of all, was, oh, me. But right. that's, not, that's not the same for everyone. Right. Um, I mean... <laughs> well, everyone I, loves you. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know. Not everyone loves me. I got, I got some haters, it's right? Kiwi, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, some people don't like the accent. Um, <sighs> but then the second thing that came to mind was, I mean, life. Life, Just yeah. life. I mean, at the end of the day, um, in the state I am in now, Mm-hmm. What is there not to be um, blissful about? Mm -hmm. I mean, if I go out here and just sit in the garden and look at the trees, I could find my—I might find myself just laughing at myself mm -hmm. or finding finding that I'm bursting with some sort of joy right. in some random way, and then I'll laugh at myself, mm -hmm. laughing, being like, "Why the frick am I laughing?" Yeah. <laughs> so it's like this, yeah. but that that never used to be the case. But mm -hmm. it was about coming to that place where I could yeah. enjoy life. Yeah. So that's what fills me with happiness is life. Mm -hmm. um, but the moment I, it's, it's about getting to that place of yeah. being able to enjoy life. Um, because at the end of the day, if I've got my hand cut off, that's all I can focus on. Right. So for myself, it's mm -hmm. just coming to a place where I can truly enjoy life, whether it's the ants on the ground, I know it sounds super happy. No, um, or the but, birds flying but it's through the true. Sky and, or, and so much of ha happiness is con being conscious. Like it's being in the moment. Mm. Like that's what true happiness is. And so that's why it eluded me for so long because... I was so future focused, like mm. anxiety, depression, past focused, and you're not happy until you're living in the now. And so things like meditation practice being in the now. And so you can actually access that state of happiness and be in, and it doesn't feel like we're talking about before foreign, yeah. you know, and like uncomfortable to be happy because you've practiced being in a state where you can be happy, which is the oh, present yeah. state. Oh, totally. Massively. Yeah. Um, I mean, at the, at the end of the day, uh, Humans only really have one problem, um, but mm -hmm. it's created in the mind and the intellect, right? The sharp intellect into 100. Mm -hmm. um, so mm -hmm. if, if someone's hungry, what are they focus on? What are they thinking about? 
Food. Right. I can definitely say that as an intuitive eating coach yeah, that we, like, Maslow hierarchy of needs. If we yeah. Until we get that bottom tier med of, like, basic needs, food, water, shelter, like, we're not moving up the level of consciousness to happiness. And it's not just that, but as soon as you eat, all yeah. of a sudden, 100 problems. Yeah. All right? Mm-hmm. So, it's the moment the survival needs are met, all of a yeah. sudden, 100 problems. Why? Because we've got something called a consciousness, which right. means we don't live in the lines of life the same way as an insect might, the same right. way as an animal might, the same way as a tree might. They live just within one line because they don't mm. have that state of consciousness. They've got a state of just needing to survive. Right. But as soon as that's met, they don't have the problems in between because of the consciousness yeah. to bring, in all, bring on all this memory and past right. trauma, right? Instead, and sure, there's like, you know, dogs that might be a little bit traumatic, right? Mm-hmm. But that's in extreme cases. Mm-hmm. But the moment those survival needs are met, they're joyful. I mean, mm-hmm. if you look at any puppy whose survival needs are yeah, taken care of, how bad. Exactly. He's That's all warm. they need, and they're yeah. joyful. Why? Yeah. Because they no longer they don't have the intellect that we have mm-hmm. that gets in the way of our happiness. So the right. moment that intellect is taken care of, where we no longer put our mm-hmm. emphasis on I need to be intelligent and, and mm-hmm. intellectual, or mm-hmm. I need to be this way, I need to be that way, which is mm-hmm. another utilization of the intellect, then I as soon as I take that away, I can just enjoy life as it is, which mm-hmm. means my natural state is gonna be joy. Right. So that's at the end of the day, the ability to enjoy life, right? So, yeah, mm-hmm. massively. Amazing. Cool. cool. So, where can people find you? Yes. Uh, so, Coach Keza, and Keza <laughs> is not K I, okay? Uh, it's K E Z Z A. Coach Keza on Instagram. And then on my podcast is uh, Pocket Coach. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I've got mini podcasts. So, that's my interviews, and I've got my mini podcast, which is Pocket Coach Bites. So, yeah. Amazing. And I'll link all of that below as well so you guys can easily access all of your amazingness. Thank you so much for coming on today. It was a great conversation and some good takeaways and I'm excited for everyone to hear it. Yeah, awesome. I appreciate that. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, awesome. Hey, you guys. Thank you so much for listening to this episode with Kieran. If you enjoyed it as much as I did, then please, please leave a rating and a review below. And also, if you want to screenshot it and then post it to your social media and tag me, that would be so cool. It would mean the world to me so I know that you are listening. Additionally, if you're interested in learning more about my one-on-one coaching program, Craving Food Freedom, then I invite you to check out my website, www.victoriaevansofficial.com. In this program, I'll teach you how to stop food fear and guilt so you can eat effortlessly and intuitively. You can also find me on Instagram at Victoria Evans Official, where I post a ton of content and you can always find me dancing there and answering everyone in the DMs. I also have a free private Facebook support group called Intuitive Eating Support Group for Badass Women. So if you're interested in joining that, getting free resources, lots of support, an amazing community, then definitely check that out. Now, all of that is below for you in the show notes, and I also have a little freebie. Thank you so much for listening to this episode today, and until next week, you guys, I hope you have a fabulous day. Bye-bye.